Amadi Carbon, welcome to another episode here for the Funk It Pod. If you're watching, you're seeing my little cute co-host here next to me. Her name is Spooky and she just jumped up here, walked over my laptop and my recording equipment to get some cuddles here. Usually she's not the most cuddly one, but right now we're needy and we want some cuddles. And if I stop, she's biting me. Nice, Spooky. This is not how you reciprocate love, by the way. Ah, okay. Say hello to the people. Give me some more clicks and views and listens. For the people that are not watching, there's a cute cat right now staying next to me. <laughs> like, share, subscribe for more cat content. Huh, Spooky? Okay. Um, I'm simply going to start. Let's see what Spooky will have to say as we move on while we... Um, Hey, talk about something actually rather serious. You see it from the title. You see it from the episode description. Are you biting me? We are talking about, well, how the media handles the whole Epstein. That's how it's pronounced, right? Epstein, the whole Epstein thing that just happened again, right? With the list being released and all those things. So how is the media handling that? And why is the media handling it in the way the media is doing it? There must be a reason, right? So let's... I don't know, jump into it right away. Let's look into by Spooky. Doesn't want to talk about Epstein. I understand that. It's a terrible topic. Let's talk about the media menu. Let's talk about a la carte outrage. Okay. So try to forget like all those, those boring like news buffets with like those letters, thin analysis and so on. And um, this mystery meat headlines, if you will. And yeah, I thought hard about all those, those buffet metaphors right now. Because... Why? Because I think the whole Epstein thing, why it's terrible. So we're not talking about whether or not it's terrible. Of course, it's, it's ridiculous, right? So, I mean, that, that's clear. Um, but the outrage is, is I want to say, like gourmet outrage because it's cooked. And I, I promise I, I leave the metaphor alone in a second, but it's like cooked to order by like, by, yeah, by celebrity chefs, like with like wheeling microphones, like, like spatulas basically, right? Because and I do the same right now. Like, everybody's got an opinion. And the thing is, though, like, you know, Channel A, and I just call it Channel A. You know, Channel A is just like a five-course conspiracy feast, for example. While Channel B, they're all about the victims. And I'm not saying it's, that's not important. I'm just saying, like, that every channel has, like, different agendas, right? We talked about agenda setting before on this podcast. So and and they're all about the victims and they're like, they're like squeezing everything out of like like all the, the tear jerking like content to make you sadder and sadder and sadder, right? And then Channel C, they have like this, I don't know, maybe like a dry tray of of, of legal jargon that nobody's watching, like C-SPAN and stuff like this, right? Um, but every, every channel has like a different way to talk about topics and of course now also with the Epstein files list whatever the same thing and it's important to understand that like and sticking with the metaphor again for just a moment like the media is not your neutral like cafeteria right they're like the 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 I don't know the head waiter that's deciding what you see, what you taste, how much you, how much you even like, I know, pay for the privilege to be like seated, for example, right? So the media is framing this story like like a reality show, 
like pitting like heroes against villains, right? So that you can pick a side. But the real tragedy, obviously, is buried way deeper, deeper than your favorite celebrity tax shelter in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> Who? That's a different episode. Hey, spooky. You okay? Yeah, you can come back on the camera if you want to. So to to understand all those things, okay, I'm gonna first talk about the whole topic and just give a few pointers, like a few thoughts, and then in the end, I'm gonna break down with a few more theories, okay? So in the beginning, I think it's important to like focus a little bit on decoding the the, the docu documentary speak the. Like be more critical, okay? So because you you think you understand what you're reading, what you're seeing, what you're listening to, but then think again because these unsealed documents now they are weapons of mass destruction, in my opinion. Okay, they they're wrapped in like like legalese and and like sprinkled with just enough redactions to make like a magician blush, if you will, right? So you. You can read stuff, you cannot read everything, obviously, right? So, hey, agenda setting theory, anyone? What does agenda setting theory tell us? It tells us that the media outlets have agendas and they are showing us different things to an extent that kind of like frames the way we think about things, right? So... That's how certain details that getting amplified, like 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 airbrush selfies on Instagram, if you will, too. All right. So you just show the things that you want the audience to see. Okay. So we're only seeing the details that we are allowed to see, so to speak. Right. So certain things from the files are being shown, while others are like being like buried, like. I know bones in a billionaire's backyard, for example. Framing theory also applies. And that's how Epstein becomes a, like a rogue operator instead of like a symptom of like a much larger, much, much smellier, like systemic disease, for example. It's like, no, it's like just this one guy who does those, those things. And he was the only one doing things like this. Really? Um, and don't, don't even get me started on critical race theory, right? Like, this case isn't colorblind, obviously. Yeah, it's like a kaleidoscope of, of power, privilege, inequality. Each facet reflecting a different and disturbing truth. And so it's important to actually critically think about it and not just consume, consume, consume and like, oh, yeah believe everything and I'm, I'm not i'm not saying like let's go all in in all conspiracies no but i'm saying like critical thinking is your friend okay um the only thing is uh, well the only thing the only thing that that keeps me a little bit like sane and looking into like things like the epstein case right now is like to just use a little bit of sarcasm and so on. So I hope I hope that's okay, right? Because it kind of feels like you're, you're, you're juggling chainsaws on a unicycle, right? While wearing clown shoes. Because, of course, it's, you know, the disaster is going to happen. So that's why sometimes this little bit of dark satire is the only way to swallow like the bitter pill of reality, in my opinion. So that's why, okay? So we, we, we can laugh at the absurdity of the media circus. Not at what happened, not at the victims, but just at the absurdity of how the media is actually 
the clown show in this case. Okay. Like the ridiculous headlines, the craziest conspiracy theories that would make like Mulder and Scully roll their eyes even. Okay. So, but here's the punchline. Okay. So, because the jokes on us, the audience, because we are the ones that consume this whole toxic infotainment. Okay. So we let this infotainment and I call it infotainment because it's not just information. We let this infotainment shape our, our appearance and numb the critical thinking. As soon as we stop critically thinking about it and we're just taking that word for gospel, we stop the critical thinking and we're entertained by that clown show and we just believe what we see. Yeah, and that's also like the part of, for example, the cultivation theory again. Okay, we talked about this many times in this podcast. So the media shows you a message over and over and over and over again. And while you might not believe it the first time around, maybe the 300th times around, you're like, yeah, okay. And then you're just buying into it. So what's the takeaway here? It's, it's not just about pointing fingers and laughing at the clowns in the newsroom. It's about becoming your own media Mulder and Scullies, your own media detectives. Okay, you have to uncover like the hidden biases that every outlet has. You've got to demand accountability and just refuse to be like spoon-fed outrage, okay? you got to have to turn this, this smorgasbord, you know, I, I used to, this word of many times when you talk about like what's happening in the media. So turn this smorgasbord of sensationalism into like a more critical buffet. There we have the, the food references again, right? We choose what we consume, just like at a buffet, we choose how we digest it, depending on how much you're consuming, right? And most importantly, we also choose who we hold accountable for cooking it up in the first place. And this accountability thing is very, very important. So while it's nice to make fun of it, right? Yeah, but I mean, the topic is still a very serious one. So critical thinking is incredibly important. And don't let that media circus distract you from the real story the, the one where we like as an audience hold the power to change the channel if we see what what they present to us doesn't make sense okay so i ask you a few questions okay we could call it a game show if you, if you will it's two questions or so so who knew the Ep the epstein files game show <laughs> because it's just such a ridiculous topic okay and that, that's why so uh, if you if you just follow the news and I would ask you what was like Epstein's preferred travel accessory and I would ask you like it's like a private jet full of questionable guests it's like a bottomless pack of gummy bursts like the truth serum or maybe like a portable invisibility cloak <laughs> woman, woman from NDAs for example of course that's a bit silliness right now but also while being silly here making the point that things like this might pop up here and there in the media. So I wouldn't put it past the media to talk about like the bottomless bag of gummies, for example, right? And having that said, yeah, trying to make the point that we have to critically think. And so the second question is a more serious one, actually. What's the most likely reason that the document release is happening right now? Is it like a sudden surge in public interest and transparency? Is it like a need to distract from the latest political scandal or some incoming scandal or something? Or is it like an accidental spill of coffee on like some judge's keyboard or something? Why is it being released right now? 
Same thing you can ask about like the <coughs> aliens in Miami, for example, right? So why is this happening right now? There must be a reason why it's happening right now. And once you ask those questions, then you think critically and then you might find the answers. Okay. So to come to the final bite before I then explain a few more theories in detail. Okay. So the Epstein files obviously are like a, that's like a story with like more twists and turns than, and I'm German. So I'm happy about this metaphor right now than a pretzel. Dipped in like a Möbius strip, right? Also, look up, look up this, this metaphor. We cannot change the past. We can check the future. We all know that, right? So we have to think critically, demand accountability, and then you can add the sprinkles of dark humor, what I'm trying to do here once in a while, just because it's the only way to stay sane, to be honest, right? Um, but again, one more time, this critical thinking thing is very important. So I'm not, I don't want to tell you what to think. I just want to tell you to actually think. So don't just buy into everything that the media is presenting to you. Yeah? We should know that. Sometimes we just have to visualize it and understand that it's that it needs like some active participation on our side. Like while we know those things, it's easy not to do it. It's easy to just listen and be like, oh, what? Really? He did what? Right? But then you think about like who said it? How did they present it? What did they, did they not say? And then you hopefully get like a bigger picture. Again, not saying buy into every conspiracy theory. I'm just saying think critically. That is important. Okay. And to do so, it makes sense to actually understand a few more theories. So I already talked about the agenda setting theory, right? I'm just recapping it right now for you. So this the theory suggests that the media doesn't tell people what to think, but rather tells you what to think about. Because if I tell you what to think, you're like, no, I don't want to think about it. Fair. But mm -hmm. I just show you different things that you can think about and frame things differently so that you don't even think about thinking something else, if that makes sense. And high-profile cases, like media outlets can shape like public discourse, for example, by choosing like which aspects of the story to highlight, just like what's happening in the Epstein case, okay? So you could, for example, focus on like the involvement of like high-profile individuals rather than maybe looking at a systemic issue. Okay. This goes hand-in-hand hand with number two, the framing theory. And this involves the context and, like, angle from which news stories are presented, okay? Like, media can frame a story in many ways, such as portraying it as, like, a scandal, a systemic failure, a case of individual wrongdoing it's just this rogue guy who did something by himself yeah the frame in which you present it can significantly significantly not a native speaker significantly <laughs> influence how the audience perceives that issue okay i already mentioned the cultivation theory in the beginning right so the cultivation theory posits that like long-term exposure to media content shapes the way the audience perceives reality okay so in the context of like Scandalous news, a continuous coverage might lead the public to perceive um, such events as like a more commonplace or influential than they actually are. Okay. All right. So now I add, add, a, add a few new ones. Okay. So one would be the gatekeeping theory. So this refers to like how information is filtered and chosen for publications. 
by media editors, journalists, and so on. Like in high-profile cases like this one, gatekeepers decide which details are newsworthy and which are not. And hence, they are shaping the narrative presented to the public. Okay, so that's basically also like kind of like a two-step flow theory, if you will. We don't get all the information. We just get the information that the news anchors, the, the team thinks is important. That, of course, influences the way we think. Yeah. Another one here is the spiral of silent theory. Um, I talked about this one before in the podcast as well. So this theory suggests that individuals who perceive their own views as being the minority or unpopular are less likely to express them. So if you say, okay, I don't think what they're putting out there right now is true, but because no one agrees with you, you don't express it because you're scared that people will mock you or you know, berate you or whatever. And that's why you just be quiet. And that's a spiral of silence because this silences minority opinions. Okay. All right. I have three more. And um, yeah, one is symbolic interactionism. And this theory looks at like how individuals understand, interpret, and give meaning to media messages. Like in the context of like this scandal, for example, different audiences may understand, interpret the same media content in various ways based on like their personal experiences. Okay. So it's not all the same because we have different upcomings, different experiences, different beliefs. And that's why we experience things differently. Hopefully, we can all agree that what happened on Epstein Island is terrible, though, of course, obviously. Um, but generally speaking, the way things are being presented, you know, we understand things differently. Okay, um, another one, the social, lear the social learning theory. Um, this theory is based on the idea that people just learn from observing others, okay, other behaviors and the consequences to those behaviors. In this case, media coverage, the portrayal of like individuals involved in this scandal and the repercussions that they face can influence public understanding, right? And of course, also attitudes towards similar issues. So if now, of course, everybody involved gets like a super harsh sentencing, then that shapes our perception of it, right? Again, Just to make the point, I hope we all agree that what we, what we, I wanted to say, know what we believe we know that happened and what has been proven so far is, of course, terrible. So I'm not making a different point. I'm just saying, like, how media portrays different aspects of what's happening. Okay. All right. Lastly, the primacy and recency effect. Um, yeah, this is a concept that re refers to the tendency of audiences to remember the first and last item in a series better than middle items. Okay. In reporting, it's like the way the story begins and the way the story ends. They can have like significant impact on how the audience recalls and perceives the entire narrative. So it starts with like Epstein Island and so on. And now everything that happens in the middle Ghislaine Maxwell and so on. Anyone remembers? No, really. It all just matters what happens in the end to us. And not in real life. Everything matters. But from a perceptive point of view, we understand what happens first and what happens last. Okay, we call this primer, uh, primacy and recency effect. All right. I think that's enough of the theories for one episode. I told you last in the last episode, I'm going to be like more academic this episode. So we'll throw a few more theories your way. And I just thought this, what's happening right now with the Epstein uh, files, list, documents, whatever, is just a great example to showcase how the media is trying to steer the narrative. And the narrative is being steered towards 
or according to their own agenda. Of course, every media outlet has different agendas, as you know. And so they're trying to steer the narrative so that it fits the agenda, so that it fits the audience, so that they're making the most money, be it from advertisers, be it from investors, of course, who have like then their own interests in mind, obviously. Um, maybe they even have their names on the list too. Who knows, right? So the takeaway is be a critical thinker. Don't just buy everything that's out there. Watch it, consume it. That's good. Yeah, especially in this case, it's good that you're interested. So do consume the content just in a critical way. Then you will be able to come to your own conclusions and then you hopefully have like the bigger picture at your fingertips. Okay, that's it. That, that's it for me for now. I have to tend to my very needy cat again today. That, that only happens when I record podcasts. Otherwise, she ignores me, but now she wants something. So I have to tend to her. As always, thanks for joining. Like, share, subscribe, leave a review. Um, yeah, but that's about it. <laughs> leave the review. Um, she's she's nibbling on my leg right now. That's why I'm distracted. So leave the review. Um, yeah, take take care. Stay safe. We talk soon. Until then, sorry, come. Spooky. <laughs>